You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. Well, this morning we praise God for motherhood. It's an impossible task. It's an impossible task that God has called many women to. And it can only be fulfilled by any measure of grace or hope or success in God's eyes, not the world's eyes, uh, by relying on him completely and totally. So let me define, as I said I would earlier, let me define motherhood so that we're all on the same page and know what I'm talking about as I say this this morning. Every mother is a broken sinner in need of God, grace, and love. Okay? All of us are included in that, not just moms. Not every single mother has chosen to believe and receive God's grace and forgiveness. And therefore, some may have wounds from moms. Yet I believe there's always something that we can honor moms for. You're here, right? She chose to give birth to you. That in and of itself is something, a starting place for that. So when I say motherhood this morning, I mean you are a woman who is choosing to love, nurture, care for, pray for, support someone other than yourself. Okay? That's what I mean when I say motherhood this morning. Whether that person is your biological offspring or not. Whether they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior or they're a heathen and they don't. I hate to break it to you, but as a mother, you are raising heathens (laughs) unless you have kids that have accepted Christ. And some of you even gave birth to them. (laughs) Okay? that's okay. Scripture very clearly states that we're all born sinners. We get that out of Proverbs 22, Psalms 51, Psalm 58. We're all born in sin. All right? So it wasn't, you already failed as a mom before they were even alive, right? It's nothing like that. But Lord willing, they do become a believer. Lord willing, they already have. And praise God, it is like this that I've heard jokingly said about when our kids are younger. God made them small, so they don't kill us. And God made them cute, so we don't kill them. Right? But moms are truly amazing, and they have some truly remarkable traits. In fact, did you know this? Did you know that something is not truly lost until mom can't find it? Okay? So there you go. Now you know if something is truly lost or not, if mom can't find it. Moms also have an amazing gift. They have the amazing gift of getting their children's attention at will. All they have to do is to sit down and appear to be relaxing. And suddenly they have their children's attention. Their children need things the second they start to sit down. And also, something else about mom you didn't know. Kids, listen up. Mom is only her nickname. Did you know that? It's really only her nickname. Her full name 
is what you have all called your mom. Mom, 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 mom. Right? Am I right, moms? <laughs> well, on a serious note, though, when it comes to motherhood and moms, I believe that every one of us need new lenses or goggles like in that skit. We need a different context to view motherhood through. Moms, I think you need these goggles sometimes too. To see your role as a mother, how God would want you to see it. And guys, we can learn here too, so you don't have permission to doze off. In fact, ladies, you have my permission on this morning to elbow him. If he does, okay? Just don't leave a mark so nobody gets in trouble. Cotter, are we good on this? Am I going to get in trouble with the law? He's good. Okay, we've got, we've got the police saying we're good. So, sorry guys. So just don't doze off, all right? Let's look at our text this morning, and I'll explain a little bit more here. Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Why does this verse say that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain? Two things that the world is screaming and bombarding us with messages day in and day out to be beautiful, to be charming, to all of these things that the world would have us to believe. But yet this verse clearly warns us against charm being deceitful, beauty being vain. Well, let's look at those before we look at the second part of the verse. What is charm? Uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary describes it this way, a trait that fascinates, allures, or delights the heart or mind. A trait that fascinates, allures, or delights the heart or mind. Charm, in essence, at its core root, is actually something that's deceitful, used to lead someone astray or towards something that the person who is charming them the originator of the charm wants them to be drawn to. And as this verse says, this is, this is not something that a woman should exhibit or portray. This is something that she would not be a praiseworthy woman if she were to do this. What about beauty? <clears throat> External beauty? A beauty that pleases the eye of the beholder. Being physically attractive... And what is that doing? It's bringing attention to that individual. Who is the beholder that you desire to be beautiful for? Is it praise for other women? I've been told that ladies tend to dress more for the appearance of what other women might think or say about them, more so than even their own husbands. Is it for men so that men will look at you? And again, external beauty is not what a woman should be placing her trust in, what she should be about. These are both traits, charm and beauty, to draw the attention of somebody to what has been created instead of the creator. Did you follow that? These are traits that would tend to draw the attention and the praise of others towards that which God created you instead of the Creator, God. They are traits of the world. The world, again, loudly proclaims this through every 
advertisement, cosmetic product, clothing line, diet plan, that a woman should spend her time, her talents, her treasures, pursuing the things that magnify the very temporary. There's a timer on our bodies. Every one of us have a timer going. If you could see it above our heads, <laughs> some of us have longer than others. And that's not always dependent upon our age. We have a very short time in our lives where the world would consider that we are beautiful and attractive. And then we spend the vast majority of the rest of our life not necessarily falling in that category. So as the title of this message is True Beauty, what is true beauty? Ladies, the temptation is that you would have your home in a place of organization and decor and that be your value and your worth. Ladies, the temptation would be that your value and worth is dependent upon your kids and how they perform, their talent, their smarts, their ability to do things and how that might reflect on you. For some, job or career. For some, the style or size of clothing. Hair, makeup, latest fashions. Keeping up the illusion that you have it all together on social media. Trying to keep up with the world says that you should focus on is exhausting, is it not? This is why I suggest that ladies, maybe you too need a new set of mom goggles. But the truth is, the true beauty is all about who is inside you, who you fear, and who you worship. Collective sigh of relief. That should be encouraging and hopeful for you. That should fill you with peace instead of trying to keep up with all of these other things. Not the external beauty that the world claims, but the inner beauty that flows out of you as you fear the Lord. And of course, be a good steward of the body that God gave you. It doesn't mean just let it go to pot by any means. We are to be a good steward of that. But we should primarily focus on the part inside us. Men too. Our relationship with Christ. Him filling us up, transforming us. And what we do with that transformation as it flows out of us. As we love Him in return, in response. As we love others around us. As we go about fulfilling the great commission of discipling our children in our home and then the others that God brings into us, our lives or God may send us to go and give witness to. I know this to be true <clears throat> because of the mother of my sons. She's the most beautiful woman I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> she is no offense to your wives and yes she's outwardly beautiful but more 
So her true beauty, her radiance comes through a relationship with Christ and who is in her and her fearing him. As she lives out her life, as she raises our boys, as she encourages and prays for me. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Now, let's explore what it means to fear the Lord. And again, guys, stay with me. This is for us too. Now, admittedly, there can be confusion about what it means to fear the Lord. Our language today doesn't adequately describe it. When we think of the word fear, we think of terror, dread, fright, painful emotions, things like that, anxiety. But yet, a better definition, I believe, is this one. Again, this is out of the Webster's Dictionary from 1828. It says that fearing the Lord is this, a holy awe, a reverence of God and his laws which springs from a just view and real love of the divine character, leading the subjects of it to hate and shun everything that can offend such a holy being and inclining them to aim at perfect obedience. Let me read it again, and then I'll simplify it. A holy awe or reverence of God and his laws which springs from a just view and real love of the divine character, leading the subjects of it to hate and shun everything that can offend such a holy being and inclining them to aim at perfect obedience. They don't use this dictionary in schools anymore, do they? To simplify it, it is a reverent and holy response to who God is, what he has done, and what he promises he will do. A reverent and holy response to who God is, what he's done, and what he promises he will do. In other words, it is worship. Fearing God is worship. In fact, if you've been with us during our series through Jonah, we looked at this a few weeks back, didn't we? When the sailors were converted after the storm. That they feared the Lord. They offered sacrifices and made vows. It was a response to God's mercy and grace and love and sparing them in their life and them making commitments and vows and sacrifices to that. A woman, a mother who fears the Lord, a man who fears the Lord, who worships the Lord, is someone to be praised. And in this verse it says, is a woman of true beauty and I look around this room of many of the ladies that I've gotten to know over the last year and a half and I don't care what the world says you are truly beautiful because of who is inside you and you choosing to follow him and how you are responding to him through your love for him your love for others the love for your families your spouses Okay? So turn off the TVs. Turn off the advertisements. Turn off the radios. Burn the self-help books. And go to the source of who God says you are and what he says about what true beauty is. 
First Peter 3, 3-4 says this, Don't let your outer beauty, your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. The gentle and quiet spirit Peter is talking about here is only possible through the transforming work of the gospel in your life. Again, she is praiseworthy because of who is inside her. She is beautiful because of who is inside her. It is the work of Jesus Christ in a mother that enables her to be the servant that so many mothers are known for. Changing that third diaper in the middle of the night, stepping out of an event or church service that you wish you didn't have to because your little one needed to eat, staying up past your bedtime to offer your teen counseling or to help your student get their school project done that they procrastinated on all week, the gallons and gallons of thrown up, throw up that you have cleaned up. I love the ones where it's just like four or five in a row and you just get the one done and they just go again and you're like, oh, have mercy. <laughs> I love you. I don't like you right now. No, no, it's not the kid's fault, right? Unless they ate too much candy and you told them not to. <laughs> the 5,000 times you cleaned the toilet during potty training. Can I pause right here and just say thank you to all the moms for doing that? Thank you. Thank you to my mom for doing that for me. We often forget to appreciate our mothers and honor them as we should. Mothers, you too will probably forget the millions of things that you've done over the years, over the kids. Each individual act of laundry or dishes or fill in the blank. But what I love is that God won't. He sees them all. Hebrews 6.10 tells us, For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints or future saints and by continuing to serve them. See, I believe that a mother can sometimes be discouraged when they are tied at home so much with their kids, especially when they're little and running to the next thing as they're older, and taking them to the next thing, and thinking that you're not making disciples as often as you should. You're not out there on the street corners evangelizing. You're not going overseas. And yet, I believe that one of the primary ways of making disciples and the gospel spreading is through our children. It doesn't negate us from going by any means, or sending, or supporting those who do. But moms, be encouraged. Your primary mission field is your home. Or, if you're a mom of kids not in your home, 
Your primary mission field is there. Second only to your husband. So be encouraged. You are a part of fulfilling the Great Commission and doing that. So on this Mother's Day, let us praise God for his transforming work in each one of our lives. That he made it possible through sending Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross willingly in our stead, the sin that we commit, which makes us the ones worthy of that death, deserving of that death. He took our place. And let us also be creative and intentional in honoring our moms that God is doing that transforming work in and through. Moms, fear the Lord, for that is where the source of true beauty comes from. That is the source of true beauty. Mom, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, repent, believe, receive him. It's better than any diet plan, any makeup, any spa treatment, all of it. It is only through him and because of him that you can be saved, that you can have the grace and the strength, the joy that you'll need to be a mom, a mom of beauty, a mom who glorifies him. Moms, remember that he will remember, even if your kids don't, even if your husbands don't, even if the world doesn't, God will remember your million and millions of acts that seem insignificant and small, but God will remember those acts that you do on behalf of your kids. And let me also encourage you in this, moms. Do it for God not for your kids. You may say, what? God is who he calls us to glorify, not our kids. And it's very easy and tempting as a parent to shift our focus towards our kids instead of him. If your focus is on him and glorifying him, I promise you, your kids will be well taken care of. You will do that well. So let your focus be on him and not your value and worth in your kids and doing things for them. Because your kids, like we talked about earlier, are sinners like us. They will forget to thank you. And if your worth is based on them, you're going to be a very depressed mama. <laughs> Just saying. Because <laughs> they're going to miss. I've missed thanking my mom often. And I guarantee you, all of you also have missed opportunities to thank and honor your mom. So, make sure we're doing it for the right reasons. Men, we too should fear the Lord. That is where our true strength and courage, our honor comes from. We'll hit on this more in a few weeks, so come back for that for sure. But what we should do with this morning's message, when we see 
a woman and her true beauty is coming out. She is fearing the Lord, honoring the Lord, worshiping the Lord in her life and through what she does in the home, the church, in the marketplace, wherever she might be. We need to do a better job of encouraging her, thanking her, praising her appropriately, especially if it's somebody else's wife, right? We want to do this appropriately. But to encourage them, thank them. Pray for them. That's how we can be servant leaders. A very well-known pastor, author, and speaker, he regularly, regularly preaches to thousands and thousands of people. He's written many books. His influence is worldwide sent many, many missionaries through his influence and encouragement to the mission field. He says this about motherhood. It is the mother quietly, patiently, lovingly toiling away in the seclusion of her home where no one notices and that will most, this person, this woman, will most likely be at the front of the line in heaven, not me. I agree. I agree with him in that. Moms, would you do this for me? Mom of any kind, as I described earlier. Would you mind to stand? I would love the privilege and pleasure and honor of praying a blessing over you as we close our time together this morning. And then we will take our offering after that. I'm seeing some ladies not standing that should be. I'm going to pray with my eyes open. Father God, I praise you. Hang on, pause. Kathy, stand up. <laughs> Father God, I thank you and praise you for these women that represent motherhood here this morning. Many of them that I know for a fact who love you dearly. I thank you for the transforming work of your gospel in their lives and their hearts, Lord, and I pray that you would continue that as you promise you will, that you will continue the work that you began in their lives. Lord, those moments in the middle of the night when they are fried and weary, would you encourage them? Would you speak to them as only you can? Lord, where the Men in this room represented here, sons, dads, children, others, would we be a beacon of hope and encouragement for them in their efforts to do this? And Lord, there are moms here who their kids are grown and gone. And I know that some of them may have regrets, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. You have forgiven. Let them rest in that. Let them rest in the knowledge that they can take steps today and going forward of being the mom who you called them to be today. Because God, there's not a perfect person in this room. Only you are. So we thank you for that. We thank you that these ladies' true beauty is not based off their performance 
or how their kids turn out. But it's based on you and your work inside them. Your precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen.